Welcome to Life on Less Meds, a podcast that reveals the truth about drug side effects and the best strategies to manage them. And now your host, Dr. Yosef Wittering. Hi, I'm Dr. Yosef Wittering. It's my pleasure to be joined again by, uh, by Adele here. She is going to be talking today about uh, Outro, which is a de-prescribing service um, which she is you know, heavily involved in. I, I actually, I believe you founded it or co-founded it. Uh, maybe you could kind of start off and tell me about that. Yeah. I can't claim to be a founder, but I'm, I was among the yeah. first few people that was involved in it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, why don't you start off and just tell us, um, um, I guess, what is Outro and, and how did it start? Well, I think that uh, those of us who have been observing the problems with um, antidepressant withdrawal for a long time have often uh, wondered uh, how can we get this uh, into the hands? You know, how, how how can we assign this responsibility to medical doctors? Because it's it actually should be done by medical doctors rather than let's say peer support groups such as mine. Uh, or the many peer support groups on Facebook. <clears throat> so, so uh, the in the UK there have been developments that uh, where it would seem that um, with the uh, Royal College of Psychiatrists guidelines and the uh, new n- nice guidance for NHS doctors that the doctors would take over, uh, but. It's, but in the rest of the world, it really hasn't gotten into uh, general practice at all. So we're not seeing uh, health systems really take it up in any systematic way. Um, and it just seemed inevitable that at some point somebody would see the opportunity. And Outro is a, a startup company. That is, um, it's a it's a for profit business, uh, and um, it it the idea is to offer medical tapering to to patients. So so the, it it's a it's a company that offers actual medical services. So it has a it has a licensed staff, and um, we um, they're, they're really wonderful people. And uh, Mark Horowitz is one of the founders. And he has uh, he he has and I have helped train the staff in gradual hyperbolic tapering. So so Outro specifically is based on the concepts of of hyperbolic tapering, and we we also recognize that people need um, uh, you know they they need encouragement and psychological support. They need they need um, um, you know the personal touch. So so we offer. Uh, uh, a, a a system of uh, of support from from the clinicians and from um, uh, we, we we offer a lot of publications that to inform people about what you know what what they can expect with withdrawal and uh, and what they can do um, if they should have any problems. So so uh, Altra was was started in last fall in Canada and it's it's uh currently offering services only in the provinces of Ontario and British Columbia which are the mm-hmm. most populated provinces in Canada 
Um, and it's taking a waiting list for other areas, including the United States. Um, the hope is that it will it will expand into the United States. Uh, but to to be honest, um, the investment climate is is very poor right now. So so uh, if if anybody would like to um, mm-hmm. uh, be an angel for a startup please contact me and I'll connect you with the people from Altro. Um, so, so, but we're working, it, it's moving along and uh, Altro has taken patience. Um, the, the membership is paid out of pocket where Altro hopes uh, to um, be covered by insurance, but, but going through those processes to get insurance coverage is, takes a lot of time and uh, paperwork. So it, that's, that's a, an eventual process, but, but for now, we're offering um, medical services that are that are paid out of pocket by the patient, and um, the the clinicians will communicate with the patient's um, own doctor, so the, their own doctor knows what's going on, and the and the, the their care is coordinated uh, among the uh, providers. So it's 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 real medical care. It's not, you know, it's 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 a serious um, service. Uh, um, and but so when someone is using outro are they working with you know like a like a coach who's going to coach their healthcare provider or is it someone who's actually prescribing for them their hyperbolic taper um and then just kind of letting their family doctor know hey you know this is what we're doing right well yeah. the, yes outro uh outros has has licensed prescribers Okay. So, so the the prescribers will set up the tapering plan in consultation with the patient, the way it should be done. You know, asking the patient, you know, what, you know, what is it that you want to do? What's your history? And we're also concerned about their, their psychological well being. So, so, so we're offering all of that type of uh, care and concern that you would want in uh, when somebody is about to you know, perhaps go off some number of years of um, psychiatric drug treatment. So the, the, uh, so they're, they are asked to be in very close touch with the clinician and, you know, through the, 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 the um, services offered over telemedicine. So, so they're, they're asked to be in touch through the usual electronic channels uh, so that um, the clinician can be apprised if there are any changes in their, you know, in their state as the tapering proceeds and uh, meanwhile after the after the person enrolls the clinician will contact the person's treating physician and let them know that you know that this is going on um there's the for some people uh there may be communication with the treating physician so the treating physician does the prescribing but the uh but but the offering is that the outro personnel will do the prescribing, um, and uh, we we have a um, a uh, we have a, a a list of pharmacies that will do compounding that understand what it is that we we want them to do. Um, it's up to you know, if the patient the patient can choose among the pharmacies, or uh, if the patient has another pharmacy, we'll communicate with them as well. Um, which is important because we were talking earlier about you know how so the very practical difficulty of dividing doses to 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 accomplish a gradual taper. 
So, uh, so Outdoors addressed that problem and, um, and with Mark Horowitz's help, uh, you know, we, we, we've looked at it drug by drug so that we can be sure to, to, to offer tapering of, of all the antidepressants. Um, Tell me about Cymbalta. How do you guys uh, do that one? Because I know they do a lot of bead, bead counting in the US. What, what's the solution there? I mean, is it a compounded powder? Is it, you know, is it using beads? Like how, how does that one? Uh, you can't actually compound the powder because you have the same problem. It needs to be yeah. enteric. It needs that special coating. Okay. Uh, but the but a uh, compounding pharmacy can uh, repackage the beads so that they okay. you, so, so that the capsules you know weigh the proper amount and contain the right dosage of active ingredient. Um, and if if people want to you know go the budget route, they can they can count beads if they really yeah. want. The mission will assist them with that. Um, but uh, you know. Uh, Personally, I think I think bead counting is really hard for some people because those beads can be really, really tiny, and they're hard to manipulate. So I would say that um, just weighing them is, is right. Like I guess the pharmacy, they get a lot of these be- these capsules. They open them up and they just start weighing them out and packaging yeah, that it, way. I think it's a semi-automated process once they because it's they're just weighing the material. That's what they do with all the all the yeah. other type types of capsules that they make. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, right. Well, you know, um, Cymbalta and, uh, uh, Pristique also, uh, I was going to say, that was my next question. How do you do Pristique? Um, it's, it's, uh, well, it, it, it's, yeah. uh, I, I, Pristique doesn't have to be, um, co- it doesn't need that protective coating, but uh. w- can get the raw material, the powder, and they, it, it, but the capsules would have to be taken twice a day because after you take, you know, after you take the the uh, active ingredient out of the coated tablet, um, the half life is pretty short, so it has to be taken twice a day. Oh, perfect. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's mm-hmm. great. That's that must be really exciting. Um, I guess for people in Canada at the moment to to have someone have you know, f- find these pharmacies and, and, and that would be, be able to do these types of things. Yeah. Cause speed counting takes a long time and there's a lot of headaches about, you know, just, just like those questions, you know, what do I do with Pristique? But having someone that's looked at the pharmacokinetics and knows how to divide it throughout the day uh, yeah. for it to work is great. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, and even, you know, even buying those little scales and calibrating the little scales, uh, for weighing, you know, for weighing your pills at home, it's it's to tell you the truth, it's something that I I never would do because you know I I I would get my drugs compounded into a liquid if I could. So mm-hmm. so now in Canada, speaking of which, um, not all antidepressants are available in liquid form. So that's a that's a an issue having to do with. Uh, you know whether the drug companies want to apply to sell their um, a liquid form in Canada, and it's that's that's another regulatory problem. But um, uh, so we, you know, we we have arranged also if um, you know if if it's best for people to taper with a liquid, we can have the liquids compounded. Um, you know, from raw powder, it, like uh, you know, uh, 
uh, dissolved into a solution. You know, you know, say for instance, the pharmaceutical company doesn't make the the liquid. You would take the powder and mix it in a way that it would. Okay, that would yeah. be the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. But pharmacies have different ways of doing it. Sometimes they grind up the actual tablets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, and so the. Um, I guess the next thing is, how much does a service like this cost? I don't know if you've you've truly settled on your pricing, but if you if you have, I think that would be interesting for people in Canada to know. Right. Well, Outro presently has a uh, it's a startup, so it's it's rather low cost, ninety nine dollars a month for Canadians, yeah, Ontario and British Columbia. And uh, the eventually, it's going to be going up to 199 per month, but but uh, currently it's 99, and um, and I think that's a mm. that's a tremendous bargain for a specialist, as you say. That's um, a bargain. Yeah. 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 Now, now, uh, huh, uh, you get your your uh, personal um, meeting with uh, the. Um, with a clinician and in the United States, this would be some hundreds of dollars uh, for just, you know, for, for your uh, intake. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, afterwards, um, subsequent meetings would cost at least a hundred dollars or 150 or so out of pocket or even higher because there are very few specialists such as yourself in this. So, mm-hmm. so just, just seeing, you know, just seeing a GP, uh, out of pocket would cost that much in the United States. Now in Canada, the um, the, um, the the healthcare is uh, covered by and it's it's more of a centralized insurance arrangement. So people are um, um, you know pe- people have have reservations about uh, paying out of pocket. But mm. if you had a series of disasters with tapering, then you know the value of having a uh, specialist care for it. Sure. Okay. And and within that month, uh, is there, um, you know, if I think about my t- tapering work, I mean, there are people who are uncomplicated and, you know, they're just saying, I'm doing fine, you know, the, the pace is well, and maybe they have a little bit of withdrawal symptoms at the start of the drop and then it goes, gets better. But maybe it's the nature of my practice, but I, I, I see a lot of pretty sick people and um, a lot of, and we have a lot of visits where maybe we're not doing a lot of interventions, but it's a lot of, uh, you know, reassurance and, um, you know, counseling. And, um, you know, sometimes we may, I may prescribe other supportive medications if I really need to. Um, is that a challenge that you've talked about? You know, just cause there's so many differences I'm thinking, you know, one ninety nine a month is that, you know, like a couple of visits. Because some people, gosh, you know, when they're in a wave, you know, I've seen it. Sometimes I'm seeing them twice a week. I would say, uh, you know, right. for yeah, you know, we 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 understand that um, pe- people do have varying needs. Uh, I think that you're taking on more complex cases. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, what Altro provides is tapering support for people who are who are really ready to taper, meaning that they're stable on their current uh, drug regimen. Um, now, if they recently come off and they're feeling withdrawal, which of 
you know, some of our some of our uh, members have have are in that state. We guide them through a, a reinstatement. And we get them stabilized before tapering. Okay. So yeah. so far, um, we we have a, a good number of patients, and those who are tapering are doing very very well. So we haven't really had to deal with the complex cases. Uh, and um, but you know uh, we, we were prepared to do that, and we're kind of we're sort of very pleased that it's working out so well. Um, our you know our belief, and you probably um, have arrived at this conclusion, is that if people taper properly from the very start, they don't run into these like you know extremely gruesome harrowing yeah. of symptom patterns um, that, uh, you know, really are, are very difficult. And, and I think that you're right to, to, to think about perhaps, um, adding, um, temporarily other drugs to calm them down. So, so I, you know, I, I definitely have seen that and I understand what that, what, what that means. Um, we're, we're not taking on that kind of, um, that kind of case. I mean, at least so outro in its current form would be perfect for someone who is stable and then they just go, you know what, whatever stresses that led to me being on this in the first time have resolved, I'm ready to to try and come off and they're looking for a service that's going to get them off uh, with a good chance of them not having, you know, either acute withdrawal symptoms, which are debilitating, but also it's going to prevent them from developing protracted withdrawal. If it's done in the safe way, in a safe way, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we were prepared for the worst, but our people are doing so well. We we really don't feel that that's going to be a major problem. Uh, but we're prepared to to provide uh, support for them um, when they're off the drug as well. So we have a uh, if they wish, they can um, they can arrange for uh, psychotherapy through Outro. Outro has a psychotherapy component. Uh, which is an additional um, module for um, for the uh, you know to, for them to subscribe to, but I I think that that's pretty amazing. We've got um, very very well qualified therapists who also understand withdrawal problems and also the the issues that people have when they want to transition from uh, perhaps um, a drug treatment model to. Um, to 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 a, a a new a new life that is not where they can they won't they won't need treatment. So um, so that's a um, I think that that's really a very valuable offering. Uh, Altro has both both components for people who want that. Now some people come and they have their own therapists, mm -hmm. and some people some people arrive and they uh, they don't really want psychotherapy. They feel that they they're, uh, you know, they can adapt, and they're, they're, uh, they have plenty of uh, coping mechanisms. Pe people are really, you know, I, I would say that it's a, it's a very, uh, we have a very uh, mixed uh, clientele so far, um, and they have different, uh, different needs, and um, we've developed services for, for a full range uh, of um, people. People who 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 have been on uh, antidepressants and are um, interested in going off of them in a safe way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds that sounds excellent. And 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 even you know, you can have severe. I just want to say this: you you can have severe symptoms and still not be a complicated case. You know, I have people who have you know fairly severe symptoms. 
but the tapering plan is still the same. You know, they, they, they'll just have pretty bad symptoms while they're, they're tapering. But if you're offering like the counseling as well to kind of help the people just kind of cope with it, providing the reassurance, maybe through the non-prescribing service uh, providers that, you know, mm-hmm. we're moving at the right pace. I also think you could probably help some complicated patients as well. Um, and so I think there's, I think that you could get really creative in how you could have a, you know, just with the staff that you have, you know, help of a, a really, you know, you know, most of them, which, which I think is great. Yeah. So, so I'm really excited to see where, to see where this goes. Um, yeah. I'm, you, I'm, thrilled, yeah. I'm thrilled by it. I think yeah. that it's, it's, it's just really wonderful because it's, it's really designed for patients and, yeah. um, yeah, and Mark Horowitz and I are both uh, uh, providing uh, consulting, and and we we really want it to to be appropriately designed. So so the 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 um, the founders Tyler and Brandon are really wonderful, and they've been they've really really I think created a wonderful service. What can you tell us about the founders? Um... Uh, I guess how they got into it. Um, I mean, I don't know how much you can share. I mean, did they have their own problems with this? I mean, I I imagine so. I feel like everyone in this space either it happened to them or they know someone it happened to. Yeah, well, uh, Tyler uh, had the had had his own problems coming off of an antidepressant, and so he he recognized the difficulty, and he he and Brandon were working at that time. Um, at a at a clinic providing psychiatric services online so the the uh the two of them realized that um that this this would be a really uh it, it's it's a there's a tremendous need out there and there's nobody providing these services so it seemed like a really great opportunity mm-hmm. totally and what's it been like um scaling up you know uh it, has it been challenging to find prescribers in Canada who could, I guess, handle the volume? Because I, I mean, I, I imagine there's, I mean, you, like you said, you have a wait list. I imagine there's people waiting to be seen at, at at the moment. But can you talk a little bit about, I guess, what it's like finding people who have an open mind to even do this? I mean, I don't think it's overly complicated. I think you can teach someone to do it. But you know, finding the people that that would join. Yeah, well, there yeah. there's actually been tremendous interest among nurse practitioners mm-hmm. who are licensed to prescribe. So, so uh, we have two wonderful nurse practitioners, brilliant, brilliant people with all really extensive experience. And uh, uh, our our principal uh, nurse practitioner is um, has her own personal experience in. Uh, difficulty going off of antidepressants and she's she's really she's she's just she's just terrific and uh, has a real personal touch so um now you the 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 doctors that we've approached are generally their practices are busy and they really don't have time for this so I have to say that um we've tried knocking on doors and um um and I, I would say that if you know if the if the doctor is already employed, it's it's they, they're really not going to do this. But and it's a little you know it's sort of off the beaten path for for most of them. So, but the but the NPs are just you know they 
they've been closer to patient needs and they understand it. And, and I think that uh, they've just been wonderful. We have, we have quite a few NPs who would be like to, uh, to be working in this field. As a matter of fact, I think that um, there's a greater recognition among NPs for this, for the need to taper and the problems with withdrawal than there is among doctors. Wow. Um, that, yeah, that, that's hopefully going to change soon again with the growing recognition of, of this going out, you know, but you know, by people like John Reed, Mark Horowitz, they're publishing in a lot of, you know, the, the, the journals are very reputable. You know, I think Mark is on the Lancet podcast or something like that recently. So I think there's a lot more credibility, I think, um, in this, in this area and it'll be easier to convince people to join. So, so hopefully that eases up. Um, what about people in, say, the UK, the EMA, the US? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, th there's big markets everywhere and you're a young company trying to probably wanting to, to really nail it in Canada first. But what, what, what about, you know, I, I don't know if you can share about any kind of plans. What about, what about expansion? Well, you, uh, yeah. yeah, well, I think Outro would like to be the Amazon of tapering. Uh, um, but uh, there, there, there are a lot of regulatory hurdles. Um, so uh, we have to have providers that are licensed in every locality. So, so the it's a mess. The U.S. is yeah. an absolute mess. You yeah, know? It's, it's, yeah, it's difficult. And then there's there's also the insurance issues that you know they're it's very fragmented. So, so, um, so, Outro is doing well in Canada for the time being, and. You know, as I mentioned earlier, would welcome investment to expand further, but um, um, it, it, it's it, it's growing organically now, and and uh, so it, it's it's doing okay. Um, uh, I think that uh, the U.S. would be a very good uh, place for such a service. Um, there's, you know, there well, it's, it's so much, you know, there's. The population is so much larger, and um, and there are so many people who have had problems going off of their antidepressants. And so I think that we're getting a lot of inquiries from the U.S., and of course, the people want to know, what, when are you coming to the U.S.? When are you coming to the U.S.? So it's it's going to take some it's going to take some amount of money to to make that happen. Sure, I mean, you might try just just pick up um, a doctor and. Florida, New York, Texas, and California, you'd probably have, I don't know, four or five times the population of Canada, you know, just with pe people there. I, 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 you know, this is math off the top of my head, but I think California Absolutely. has like 40 million people or something like that. Maybe Texas is around like 30. It's, I mean, it's just this, the, the dense, you know, the population in the US is, is just, uh, it's huge. Yeah. So it's um, much like, yeah. Okay. That's really exciting. Um, um okay so for the people out there who are in Canada what are they what, what are they how long do they have to wait to kind of to to get in to see you guys if they went onto your website and uh, I guess filled out a form any yes. is there any kind of um anything you could share about that well the um the the company started in November and and as these things go initially growth was very gradual 
but recently we've had a real burst of interest. So, so I would say that uh, we're. I think that, that we're trying to get back to people in about a week. Mm-hmm. It's really not that you know. It's not that long. Um, yeah, we ask them to fill out a form. Uh, they do need to be in British Columbia uh, or Ontario right now, um, and uh, the clinicians are contacting them individually and uh, um, you know working them through the rest of the process. Another question. Would you work with people on benzodiazepines? Because um, I know once you add controlled substances, at least in the US, the regulatory hurdles increase. Um, and so, yeah, t- tell me about, I, I, I don't know if you've had any conversations about you know, benzodiazepines or maybe even things like mood stabilizers or antipsychotics. Well, I think that yeah, Outro would like to be tapering all of all of mm-hmm. the, the entire range of psychiatric drugs. Uh, we're starting with antidepressants because they're the most highly prescribed. Uh, mm-hmm. But but if eventually, that yeah, it would be all of them. Okay. Well, great. Um, I think that's I think that's all, all the questions I have. You know, please, uh, you know. Uh, you know, as a U.S.-based practitioner, I mean, if you have any questions in the future, I'm I'm at your disposal for for any kind yeah. of uh, conversations you want to have about that. Oh yeah, well, I think that uh, you know we have had um, we have we have a bit of a network in the United States, uh, so and which is very heartening. I think that there's there's some interest, as you know. Uh, unfortunately, it's not entirely mainstream yet. But um, but there are some doctors that are interested in tapering, um, and um, it would be very nice for for us to 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 actually get get together and talk sometime. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I, I thank you for that interest. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, people have been waiting this for waiting for this for decades. So so it's know, very very interesting. Yeah. Let me ask a question of you because I, uh, uh, wh- how is it that that uh, you you went through a fairly conventional training in psychiatry, correct? Mm-hmm. And so, how is it that you saw this need? What what was your own? How was your? What was your sure. realism? Um, well, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting story, I, I guess. You know, my some some, you know, I kind of joke about this. You know, my mom is Chinese and uh, my dad is German, so I, I had a few career options. It was like engineer, lawyer, or doctor. I was good at school. I ended up becoming a physician, but honestly, my heart was in psychology and self help, and that was kind of what I was always reading and doing growing up. And so, coming from med school, psychiatry, I was like, oh, that's somewhat in line with psychiatry, you know, you know, psychology, self-help, all that kind of stuff. So I went there and then I was honestly just kind of hor- like, and I don't know why not like other people weren't like this, but I was, I was horrified by what I was seeing. You know, I was seeing people who really, you know, they would come in and then no one would kind of really care too much about what was going on in their life or why they were depressed or having any of these problems. And I just found that I mean, it, from the beginning, it just seemed really off. And I even thought about quitting at some point. I was just like, you know, I don't really see myself as part of this tribe. Um, but then I found David Healy, who was 
I have to say out of out of everyone, he's been the biggest influence on me. You know, his his work on side effects and things like that. Also, you know, there's Robert Whitaker and Joanna Moncrief, who I also read a lot of their stuff. But uh, when I started digging into David Healy's stuff, and he's really into the side effects uh, research, that's kind of the majority of what he does. I started realizing that side effects were being missed everywhere, that we were, you know, making people sicker with, you know, we were throwing them into man- manic episodes and putting them on antipsychotics and kind of, you know, everything that Rob Whitaker talks about. I mean, we were worsening their mental illness and then getting them stuck. And so, uh, eventually, I couldn't be a part of this profession unless I did deep prescribing because I was just, you know, um, that just seemed to be such a problem. So, where did it come from for me? I guess I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it, it just kind of like in in my core, something felt really wrong about it. But that was not the case with the majority of other people that I trained with. I think there's like this social thing that happens as well. I mean. When you're in an institution and everyone's saying, you know, mental illness, it's, you know, the, it's it's biologically based, it's genetic and, you know, you know, we really need to, you know, reduce stigma and help people get on these medications. I think people are kind of social creatures, you know, they, they, they have a tendency to kind of want to, you know, not stick out too much. It's, it's obvious it's not just in medicine. And I found that I don't, I don't know why I had the questions and other people didn't, but yeah, that's, that's kind of that that was my perception of it yeah yeah well did yeah. when you were when you were in residency you 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 were expected though to to prescribe as everybody else was prescribing is that right yeah yeah oh yeah and yeah. uh you know i probably went through a year and a half of kind of doing so and then um you know i, I ran into a lot of trouble because then you know it, uh, I, I I started to have kind of more exposure and seeing things, and then I would be disagreeing with my superiors. And I I don't think it takes much imagination to to imagine what happened to me. You know, I was not a very popular resident. I ended up having problems. I had, you know, I was assigned counsel professionalism counselors because you know I was having disagreements with people. So, uh, you know, long story short, I eventually just kind of stopped talking about these things and kind of just you know, survived my way, my way through it. Um, I took on like a lot of research projects to kind of not do so much clinical work. So I could do, you know, I was publishing on, you know, the online communities. I wrote some textbook chapters on suicide, um, on drug side effects and suicide. And I kind of just did my time. Uh, and then, um, and, and, and yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that, that was it. Yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it must have been quite a strain at that time. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful for my wife. I mean, she was the one that was eventually just like, you got to stop arguing with people. Just get out of here, you know. And so she was just like, just keep your head down. We'll get through this. And I haven't talked about her much, but she's the other part of the private practice that that I operate in. And she does a lot of deep prescribing as well. And for whatever reason, you know, when I was sharing with her, like, because she, she didn't come into it. She came into it from a neurology background. She was helping people with strokes in medical school. But then when I was talking about, you know, Rob Whitaker and David Healy and what I was seeing, I mean, she just took to it. And now that's kind of the only thing that she wants to do as well. But yeah, I'm I'm very like in your face. I I need people to tell me to kind of pull back sometimes. (laughs) It's just like, just pull it, you know, just pull it back a little bit. And so, 
you know, she kind of helped me survive in, in, in corporate medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I can just imagine how difficult it was. Um, yeah. you, you know, you, you have a good point. Um, on my website, people are showing up because they, they want to go off of their drugs and they, you know, they might, they might've been on them for many years, but they, so many of them have, have, have been putting up with adverse effects and they don't even know it. And it's, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's shocking to me uh, how, uh, well, first of all, I think that it shows an extraordinary amount of um, uh, fortitude for them to keep, keep on those drugs, even though they're having those adverse effects. But, but they, 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 they're shocked when they find out that, you know, that whatever it was that they've been experiencing is caused by the drug, you know, know, like, you know, they they take the drug and then uh, whatever their dose is, and then like, you know, let's say, I don't know why, but, you know, an hour later, I always have these palpitations. And, um, and and they are very very relieved when they find that they as they reduce the dose those the side effects also go away but there are a lot of people also that are you know had uh, sleep problems triggered by whatever drug they were taking and then they get prescribed a second drug and so they have a a couple of things going on that's kind of a mess um and I, i'm just always shocked that doctors just don't see this it's just so obvious and these errors or these mistakes are just so they're so clear and they happen over and over and over again so i've got to think that it's the paradigm it's the treatment paradigm it's it's the you know the 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 way they're being trained the 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 clinical practice um uh the typical clinical practice is it just has these errors built into it so so it's a it's kind of a big uh, a big problem and I, I i'm really grateful to hear that um mm. that as a you know a, as a psychiatrist in training that you actually came out of it um you know you survived it and and now and now you have your own practice that's that's yeah I, it was my wife but it was you know in 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 a way also it was also the icep people i don't know if you know them but i went to the icep conferences and so i was able to at least have colleagues um david healy was kind enough to you know start replying to my emails you know when i was messaging him about his blogs and we eventually built a friendship so you know it was just like little people you know like he was in wales i was in texas you know just there were little people around who kind of just fostered the interest and was just like you know you're not alone you're not crazy like this is real and then and and the more i did it i was just like oh my god this is right and everyone is kind of blind to it um and so um yeah ho- ho- hopefully we're at a tipping point and you know what you mentioned about you know why don't people see these things um it's it's you know we have a, a very impoverished way of of teaching psychiatrists about mental illness. I mean, the DSM, you know, they pulled out anything about contextual stresses and, you know, uh, reactions to thing. And you know, it, it's pretty much just like a checklist. And when you have a checklist and, you know, if you just have five of these nine symptoms for depression, you could have it. Um, there's, there's no specificity in there. And so if you have someone on benzos, which is really common who actually develops worsening anxiety over time, um, you know, no one is really trained to, to tease out 
the difference in the nature of the anxiety that the person originally had and now what they're now what's occurring two months later and i do a lot of this so when people take these benzos they start getting it's obsessive strange anxiety it's not like the the stuff that they used to have there's there's a nature to it and so mm-hmm. the, the kind of the nuance to kind of tease those things out are completely missed and then obviously these doctors and we talked about this yesterday they're just bombarded with um you know these messages about you know mental illness it's underdiagnosed you know you really need to treat it these people are stigmatized and and so they they end up going oh my god you know this person's mental illness is like evolving in some strange way you know and and then they start slapping on another drug you know for that anxiety now they're on some like metazapine plus their xanax and then they're having a problem and now they're feeling foggy and then they go well maybe we'll put on some stratera because that'll help with their adhd and then they become manic and then next thing you know they're on you know lithium and they're having thyroid problems and it's like you've you've kind of i mean you've drastically changed someone's life at that point you know they that doesn't recover a lot of the time so yeah it's and, and, and the reason why people don't recognize this, it's this imbalance. You know, you, there's the DSM, which has a very kind of impoverished, you know, criteria for what mental illness is. And there's absolutely no effort in the communicating of uh, drug side effects and especially psychiatric drug side effects, which are subtle, you know, and change people's emotions. I mean, all you open up a drug label and it says, oh, side effects, you know, anxiety or depression. It's like there's there's, there's nothing in there. And then there's you know, as I've mentioned before, there's, there's no, you know, we think drug drugs and uh, pharmaceutical companies are highly regulated, but no one is saying like what articles a pharmaceutical company needs to sponsor or publish. So, you know, they can publish about a million positive things about the drug, but after they put that risk in the label, they don't have to do anything in terms of, you know, getting the word out there, risk mitigation or anything like that. So yeah, it's, there's multiple exactly. forces that just, just, you know, these things are completely missed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. David Healy said that the drug companies are laundering the risk and assigning Mm -hmm. it to doctors. After those, after that risk is in the uh, printed in the insert, uh, it's up to the doctors to uh, mitigate the risk. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it's all, uh, it's any, any bad outcome is, is up to the doctor. The doctor is actually, legally responsible for it but yeah. uh, it's really not the pharmaceutical company which is the whole point um so um yeah there's I, I, also I, like this inertia like isn't it easier if you're a doctor to say oh it must be the underlying condition then actually I, I'm, I'm making you worse by causing this drug you know especially <laughs> when there's like a treatment algorithm that says oh you know now you're treatment resistant and i'll give you seroquel or olanzapine and when, but there's no kind of guideline document out there with Schatzberg and Shelton saying, hey, here's how you safely now undo this. You know, these are the steps, you know. So again, there's this like imbalance where there's so much, you know, stuff out there where you could find reputable sources saying, here's how you increase drugs, but there's absolutely nothing. And like, you know, and, and, and so I also think there's a liability risk there, you know, that it, it seems like there's more liability in bringing someone down off a medication when they're having a problem because, you know, there's no guidelines to it. You know, what are you going to say? Like, 
oh, I, I really knew this was a drug problem. Why? You know, like what, what was it about it, you know, that, that made you think that? And so, I mean, they've, mm-hmm. really, they've really kind of stacked the deck, you know, and to, to push things in one way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I jokingly said that we need a new, a new field of iatrogenic medicine to back people out of all of this stuff. This is, this is, it's really quite a, a large problem, I think. It, it's certainly, it's, you know, the people who come to my website, it's extremely common. If they're taking more than one drug, they're, you know, very likely to have some kind of <laughs> an adverse effect of one or the other. It's just, it's, it, it, I, I think that anybody taking more than one should be closely reviewed for, for drug appropriateness and, and adverse effects. But even one of them might cause a problem. So, yeah, I, I yeah, d- it does not seem that doctors recognize even obvious adverse effects. You know, even brain zaps from withdrawal went unrecognized for quite a few years. And they're, it's like, there's, nothing else that causes brain zaps. So you've got to figure like, how did they manage to ignore patients telling them that they had these strange feelings in their head? Yeah. 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 yeah, I think we were talking before. It's, it's a, I wish some sociologists would write this up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it would be good if they're out there, I'd be glad to talk to them. Yeah. Um, Oh shoot! I I actually have a I have a hard stop. I have a meeting going on right now, which I need to leave to. So, um, okay. I just want to say thank you so much again for telling me and everyone else about Outro. I mean, I just think it's just great, and I'm um, really excited to see where the company goes. Thank you so much, Joseph. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to see the full video interview, we also post these to YouTube. Just go to Wit During Psychiatry on YouTube to find those. You'll also find several YouTube exclusive videos from doctors Yosef and Marissa posted several times a week. Finally, if you need help with your drug taper, getting a second opinion, or managing your post-acute withdrawal, come visit us at witduringpsychiatry.com. Our sole focus is on helping patients regain control of their lives and achieve optimal mental health on as little medications as possible.